tonight, um, I, w- I want to uh, get to talk to you about a subject um, about living a filtered life. Living a filtered life, and um, I'm going to talk about a number of different things and and when it comes to living a filtered life and some things that I feel like God has put in my heart. I also want to say thanks for um, enjoying the gathering without me. Um, Bethany Bethany came home, and uh, when she got home, and I'm sure you guys experienced a lot more of this last week than I did. Um, she came through the doorways and she just like dropped her stuff and hands in the air like, yes. And I was like, man, this was an awesome gathering. Like what happened? She was like, oh, I was on the winning team. And I was like, oh man. Um, anyways, uh, but it sounds like everyone had a great time. I was sorry to miss it. Um, it was funny. I'm trying to learn in my life to rest when I need to rest. And I am very bad at that, just so you know. I'm very bad at it. And uh, so I was. I felt good that I was able to rest and know that you guys were able to come together and have a great time. Um, and I'm glad to hear that I didn't have to pray for anyone's hearing um, after Bethany's probably screaming of excitement as they, as they played the game. So... Tonight, I want to talk to you about living a filtered life. Um, now, this is going to seem um, a little a little funny, uh, some of the things I'm going to talk to you about, because it seems that we use filters for so many things in life today. Um, we, you know, I think about today, um, the cameras that we have literally on our phones, <laughs> the quality of the imagery that comes from that is unbelievable. Like, it is, it is absurd how great the quality is. And what's probably more amazing is that we put filters on these images to make them look old. <laughs> like, this is literally what we do. Like, I think about, I think about people um, who maybe back in the day, they had an old school camera, right? It was the only camera that they had. It was the only way that they could possibly take pictures is they would have this old school camera. And one day they came out with this amazing new technology called color, right? And all of a sudden pictures could be in color. And we take our color pictures and turn them black and white. I think these people would, like, lose their minds on us. They're like, you know how badly I wanted a color camera, and you keep turning all your pictures black and white because you think it looks cool? So I want to talk about living a filtered life, okay? Uh, I think they would think that we were crazy. Um, part, of, part of where this idea came from is I watch these guys on YouTube. Um, I'm a bit of a nerd with this. Um, and uh, there's a, there's, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Rhett and Link on YouTube. I watch Rhett and Link, okay? Uh, I like Rhett and Link. They're funny dudes. They just do stupid stuff. Um, when we were at the men's camp out, I showed you guys that um, they had a thing where they turned one of the guys, they turned Link into a flaming hot Cheeto, um, if you guys remember that. That was probably one of the most impactful things that happened during that night um, at the men's camp out. But um, they did this, they did this uh, exercise once, and they do all kinds of different weird exercises where they break appliances. Um, I've seen them try to make nacho cheese um, with a toaster. Um, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny to watch. Uh, but they did this one where they took one of these filtration, like these gallon, you know, hey, it's got a filter in it. You filter water, and everything comes out different. And, and so they just they filtered weird stuff, like really weird stuff. Like they, they will pour in Mountain Dew. Um, just to see what it looks like 
on the other side, right? Once they filter it, they wait a certain amount of time and they pour it out. And uh, it's amazing all the different things that they do. They do Listerine. Um, them drinking Listerine was not a good idea. Uh, but all kinds of different things. So there's this filtering process, right? And a filter is intended to take things out, right, of whatever you might have, right? Um, and so as I began thinking about this, this thought came to me is that, you know, we use filters today very frequently. We use filters for a lot of different things. How many of your cars have oil filters? Yeah. Who drives a Tesla? Because I bet they don't have oil filters. I don't know. Do they? I have no idea. It's a battery. I don't know how that works. Maybe it does. Any of my mechanics know anything about that? Uh, I don't have a clue. Someone's going to someone's gonna have to Google that. I don't, I don't know if they do. There's, so, there's got to be some sort of filter, right? Like my furnace, my furnace has a furnace filter, right? <laughs> um, and uh, right before I was going out of town a couple weeks ago, the furnace just wasn't kicking on. It was just being a brat, honestly. And uh, so I was like, you know what? I probably should change that filter since I probably haven't changed it in a year. Um, and <laughs> I can see <laughs> Danny squirming over there a little bit like, a year? Are you kidding me? <laughs> And so I ran up to Home Depot and got a filter and changed the filter. And just to see all of the stuff that was in that filter was pretty amazing. I mean, there was a lot of stuff in that filter, right? And so the thought comes to me that we use filters for so many, off, for so many things in life, but we're often guilty of not filtering our lives through the word of God. This is something that, this is, um, this is the best filtration system that we could ever possibly use. And the problem is we don't usually use this as a filtration system. We use this as a way to fix the fact that the furnace hasn't had a change in a year and a half. I'm using the same old filter, and it just keeps getting nastier and nastier and nastier. And all of a sudden, it completely blows up, and then we want to go to this, right? This is one of the best... <laughs> Hands down, filtration systems that we could use. And too often, the things that we do and say are unfiltered. Now, I'll tell you, when we start to say things unfiltered, they come out really bad. They just do, right? Because we're human, right? We mess up. And sometimes we take pride in our unfiltered opinions, and we just think, hey, we've, gotta, we've just got to do this. And when we do that, and they're not conducted through this filter, it mostly just comes out as junk, Right? Not just junk for yourself, but junk to the people around you. And more importantly, what it does is it tarnishes the reputation that you are trying to build for Jesus. We have to filter the things that we are doing and saying through the word of God. This is our standard. There is nothing else that's our standard. I am not your standard. No one on the servantship team is your standard. No one in this space is your standard. The word of God is our standard. This is what we look to, and this is how we filtrate. Everything that we do, think, act on, go, everything is filtrated through this. We have to get to a point where we are completely committed to living a life according to the word of God. We get frustrated because we're missing out on things. We're not experiencing things. We have gaps in our lives. We have all these things. And the reality is, guys, is if we just fall in love with this word. I love that Brian's saying that, that he is jealous for us. Because we don't, listen, we can't live a life excusing why we don't. I'm just so busy. 
I just, I've got so much going on at work. You know, if, if God would, if God would open up where I could work first shift instead of second shift, I could get into his word more. And then all of a sudden you're working first shift and you're like, ah, it's just, we've got so much going on in the evenings. The kids have got this and I've got that and I've got this commitment. And then we, we still excuse it away. If we place this above every other priority, every single other priority, then you will see what it, what it is actually like to live a filtered life the way that God intended us to. I'm going to ask you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to talk to you first about filtering out some stuff, right? Filtering out some stuff. Now, some of you probably use some sort of filtration process every now and then when you cook. Like Bethany did this whole um, fasting, cleansing, weird, disgusting food thing that she did. Um, and uh, what, was, what was interesting about it is when, we, uh, when she started doing this, she had to make some sort of, it's not even a smoothie. She just blended a bunch of green stuff together. Ju- oh, it was juicing. Okay, well, we don't have a juicer, Okay. We don't have a juicer. So what she had to do is she used our blender to blend it up until it, it looked like, oh, it was disgusting. Let's just be honest, okay? And then she would pour it into a, uh, um, uh, uh, like a strainer, a mesh strainer, and press it until all the juice came out, right? And so what she was doing is she was filtering out all that other stuff because if she tried to drink it with all that in it, I think she would puke, right? Because it was pretty gross, right? Yeah, it was gross, Okay. So I want to talk to you first about filtering out. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read verses 3 through 6. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Now, I just, just real quick, just I want to make sure you heard that. Raised against the knowledge of God. Not your opinion, not your thoughts, not how you think it should go, but against the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to obey, say obey, to obey Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Now, I love this because I love how in the end it says being ready to punish every disobedience because a lot of us get excited about putting people in their place, man. Telling them how it is, letting them know how it is. But I love that it says when your obedience is complete. And I can tell you, we all fail enough. (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) Good luck with getting to your points where you're like, Tom, my obedience is complete. I have figured this out. I have mastered every single thing that I do and say is filtered by this, and so I'm good. So now show me the disobedient one so I can clean this act up. And I'm going to be like, dude, you just messed up like three of them in that statement, right? So when, when I read this, okay, we are, we've, we've heard this before. We are to take every thought captive, right? We've, Beth and I have told people, you need to take these thoughts captive. When these thoughts come in, when these thoughts try to get into your head, there is a process where you need to take them captive. And why are we taking them captive? To obey Christ. 
It is not only to keep people from swaying your opinion. It is to obey Christ. The process of taking these thoughts as they come in, right? This is the filtration process that I'm talking to you about, okay? When these thoughts and these things, whatever they may be, when they start to come in, we have to be able to measure and say, is this thought going to help me obey Christ or is it not? What is it going to allow me to do? What, what am I going to be able to do with this new thought, this new understanding, this new thing? Am I going to be able to obey Christ as a result of receiving this? The question is, is how often we do this? Because typically what we're doing, we're choosing to take every thought captive to obey our opinions, our preconceived ideas, our preconceived thoughts. Now, I hate to tell you this because everyone thinks that they've made up their own mind for every single thing in the world. That's not true. It's not what happens, okay? You are inundated with so many thoughts and so many opinions that literally you will start to, listen, your upbringing, right? Your upbringing gives you a certain thought process for many different things. My kids like specific music because mom and dad like them. Now, as they get older, they will probably hate certain music because mom and dad like them. I don't know why that happens. I don't know. Something switches. I don't know what it is. But, but the, it's part of the process that they go through as they're learning. And so as you get older and you begin to have to deal with these thoughts yourself, there is something that you have to measure them up against. And that thing is the word of God. Not mom's opinion. Not dad's opinion. Not pastor's opinion. See, I like to do all of this so I get all the responsibility off of me. <laughs> it's about what the word of God says. We have to take them thought, those thoughts captive to obey Christ. So there's a behavioral change that has to take place, right? How do we, how do we move on so that we can, we can recognize which thought is coming in that's going to allow me to obey Christ and which thought is coming in that's trying to tear me down and keep me from walking in the life that Jesus has intended to me? And it's very simple. We need to know Christ we need to know him. We need to know his ways. We need to know his thoughts. We need to know his desires for our lives. We need to know him. And newsflash, this is going to be like, you're, you're going to hear this and you're like, Tom, that is the greatest revelation I've ever heard. I've never thought about doing this. And so I'm going to give you the secret to doing that. Read your Bible. Now, it's funny because it's so simple to say that. It's so simple to be like, read your Bible. People, people want a word from God. They want someone to come pray for them and to speak something incredible. And I believe that God does that. I am not belittling that, okay? But we have a book that has lots and lots of words and lots and lots of pages. Um, my Bible here has, um, I don't know, like 1,600 plus pages. And guess what? This is God's word for us. And we, we miss this process and we miss the ability to understand which thoughts we need to keep, take captive because we're listening to everyone else. Everyone else has their opinion. Everyone else has their thoughts. Everyone else will give you the opinion on what you should be doing with your life and when you should do it and how it should look. But the reality is, is none of that matters. Now, I'm not telling you that you shouldn't have some wise people in your lives that can, that can speak into that. That's not a bad thing, okay? But this word, you can't, listen, we can't live our lives as Christian treating elders and pastors and teachers and all these things as crutches into our relationship with Jesus. That's not what we're supposed to do. Listen, I, I, uh, um, I have believed for so long that the church that God wants us to build is a church of people who are in relationship with Jesus. 
Not just in relationship with each other, but in relationship with Jesus. Because when something goes wrong, okay, let me, let me tell you the typical church experience, I believe. I believe that when something goes wrong, there is a, there is a quick expectation that your pastor needs to be there right away, okay? Someone is sick, some, something has happened, and people, people crave that. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I believe that it has become a bad thing because people have looked at their pastors and these people and these leaders to be their connection to God solely. If my pastor doesn't come pray with me, I don't know what I'm going to do. Listen, you guys have just as much access to the throne as any of us. And God wants you to go to his throne. He wants you to go to certain. So when we first started launching the church, I had someone reach out to me. Um, we hadn't even started the church. The church wasn't even a thing. It was a, it was a Facebook page, okay? That's all our church was at that point. It was Beth, me, and a Facebook page, and we were talking to some people to say, hey, maybe you should come be a part of our Facebook page. <laughs> and I had someone reach out to me on there and say, hey, does your church do church visits? And I was like, ooh, we don't even have a church yet. <laughs> and I said, uh, I told him, I said, well, that's an interesting question because what our, what our church believes and our, is our church believes in equipping every single believer so that they can, they can actually reach out to the throne of God themselves. Now, that doesn't mean, let me, let me clause this out there for you, doesn't mean that when someone's in need that we don't come. Because I did end up going and I prayed for this baby that I heard about, okay? But, but what it what we have to recognize is that it's not on me to hold your hand through your relationship with Jesus. Jesus wants to hold your hand, right? Jesus wants to be in that. And that doesn't mean that we don't take time to help you in that journey, to walk with you in that journey. But we have to be able to recognize this, and we recognize it because we look and we know who Christ is. See, we want someone else to build that relationship. And we find ourselves responding to these thoughts without the whole Jesus filter, without the word of God filter, because we look to someone else. And let me tell you something. People mess up. I mess up, guys. I will say something wrong. I promise you, okay? And there are times where, you know what? I may be just giving you an opinion. It may not necessarily be the word of God. And I don't say that to say that's what I try to do. I say that because I'm human, guys. Every single one of us have that. And so the best thing to do is go before the throne, right? Go before the throne. We must invest in our relationship with God. An investment involves sacrifice, it involves sacrifice. This isn't something that we continue, we can just continue to put on our to-do list. This isn't something that we can already say, well, here it is, February 9th, and I've already failed my New Year's resolution of trying to read my Bible. Right? We can't, we can't take this, this and, and not act on it. If we can't take this relationship seriously, we have to understand there are consequences for doing so. There are consequences in our lives and in the things that we do because we don't subject ourselves to this process. I read countless stories of Christians who battle anxiety, fear, loneliness, depression, anger. And the root of all these things is that what we allow in, see, we, we keep trying to fill this spot in our lives with things that are incapable of capturing the depth of who God is. We think that we know what we need, but what we need is Jesus. You don't need that car. You don't need that person. 
You need Jesus. See, when we find out and we recognize that the reality is, is that hole, that gap that we continue to find, the reason we don't get into the word is because we haven't filled that with God. We haven't allowed ourselves to completely turn ourselves over and say, you know what, that thought that's coming to me right now, that's not of God because I know what his word says to me about that. I'm going to obey Christ and I'm going to say, no, that is not going to be in. I'm filtering that out, right? I am filtering that out. I am not allowing that to come in because that is not what God's word says to me. We, there are countless bad relationships, addictions, failures, all tied to an emphasis of obeying ourselves rather than obeying Christ. If we know his word and we know what it says about this situation and we believe it, then we can walk in it. No matter what the sacrifice is. And almost everything that we do in life, there are processes and procedures accompanying these things. So um, I, have, I have two illustrations for you here. I don't actually have an illustration. I said illustrations, but I'm going to just explain them to you, okay? Um, I thought of two different processes that people may go through. One is using a table saw, okay? Now, I don't have a table saw. Um, I have a miter saw and I have a circular saw. And so I'm going to talk to you about a table saw, okay? Um, the table saw, when I was in shop class, that was actually the tool that freaked me out the most. Any other tool, I was cool, right? Bandsaw, eh, maybe a little bit damage, you know? Um, but table saw, that's a finger and that's not cool, right? So table saw always freaked me out. Well, the table saw, there's a process that you go through when you go to use a table saw, right? And so first off, you, you've got a table saw, you wanna make sure it's stable. <laughs> stable, not table, stable, right? Um, because nothing would be worse than going to cut a piece of wood and the whole table saw falling down and trying to chop your leg off. That would be bad, right? So you make sure it's stable. Right? You, you align your wood. You make sure you've got it marked. You've got everything. You've got your, your uh, bridge set up. You've got everything that you need ready. Right? And you're checking out. You're like, okay, I'm good. I'm protected. I'm good. You're going to flip on the safety switch, and then you're going to take it in the direction that it tells you to go. Now, if you go from the other side, I don't think it's going to work well. Bob, could you? No, it's not going to work well. Right? No. Very bad. So we do these things in a proper way. I also thought about uh, washing dishes because I washed some dishes the other day. And this is me taking a brag moment that I washed some dishes the other day, okay? <laughs> so, so when you wash some dishes, right, the way I do it, I'm thinking through my process, um, is I fill up the whole thing until it's soaking wet, wet with water. And I tell Beth, I'm going to let them soak for a couple days. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I don't live by the soaking rule. Bethany lives by the soaking roll. She's always been a soaker. Um, so, so anyways, um, you take the dish, right? You get it maybe a little wet. You take a sponge or a rag or whatever. You put some soap on it. You scrub it off. You rinse it off when you, once you're done, and then you dry it, right? There's a process that we go through, right? It's very simple. It's not complicated. But when it comes to the things of God, we throw the whole process out. Like, there's so many times that you, listen, I don't know how many times I've said it, how many times that the word of God portrays it out to us, how many times you've heard it in your life that we need to be in our word and we need to be praying, right? There's, there's our process. We get confused. Well, how did I get myself in this moment where all of a sudden I don't know what to do and I can't hear from God and I don't know what he's saying to me right now and I've got this big decision that I've got to make and I don't know what to do. And the reality is if we would have just listened from the beginning, we would have said, oh, I should read his word and I should pray to him. Wow. It's so, it's so unbelievable because it's the simple things that we get most frustrated with. It's, and the reason we get frustrated with them and we don't follow through them is because they're simple. We want it to be complicated. 
We want it to be big. We want it to be this, this huge thing that we have to go through. But the reality is, is we don't, guys. See, we, we follow all those things very well. But when it comes to the things of God, we slack off. I see episodes of Hoarders. I used to love watching Hoarders. Anyone else like to watch Hoarders? Man, I used to, I would love watching horses. Anytime I'm out um, and um, like I'm traveling, usually wherever they'll have, they'll have A&E TV. Um, and usually there's an episode of Hoarders coming on, right? And so um, I would watch Hoarders. And what happens is you look at that show and we watch it, right? We, we watch it and we see it and we're like, what is wrong with these people, right? Like they need help. You, you look and they've got just junk everywhere. And there's maybe this teeny little path where they're like climbing over. Yeah, I'll show you where I sleep, you know? And they're kind of doing one of these. And you're watching, you're going, oh my gosh, look at all this junk in these people's lives. But the reality is, is if we were honest with ourselves, that's what we look like spiritually. We've got so much junk that we have allowed to come in, that we've allowed to fill up our life, that we've allowed to fill up our schedule, that when we actually want to do something for God, there's this teeny little path and we've got to climb over some junk to even see the possibility of light at the end of the tunnel. And you know what happens in those shows? They always fall over, right? <laughs> something falls and something falls on them, and it's like super dramatic, and the camera falls, and then they break to commercial, okay? That's what happens. But we, this is what we look like spiritually most of the time. We've filled up with all of this junk, and what we've never done is we've never let go of it. We hold on to it. And listen, these people, when you watch these shows, they're holding on to it because it's got some sentimental meaning. And the reality is, is half of the junk that you've got, it's because you like remembering that junk. <laughs> you know it's not good for you. You know it's not right. But we hold on to these things. And our spiritual lives look like an episode of Hoarders. God doesn't want these things for us. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Because I want to show you, God, God laid out a choice for us. He laid out a choice for every single one of us. And the, and the reality is, is we have to be willing to make a choice. I don't get to make that choice for you. Brian doesn't get to make that choice for you. Shauna, Bethany, we, we don't get to make that choice for you. You have to make this choice. Deuteronomy chapter 30. We're going to read verses 19 and 20. It says this. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life, that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Listen, he has set two choices before us. We have the choice literally here. We have the choice of life and death, of blessing and curse. It is our choice. And what we want to do is we want to push our situation off of someone else's choices. Well, you know, I wouldn't be like this if so-and-so didn't do this in my life. I wouldn't feel this way if someone else didn't talk to me like that. I wouldn't be like this if my mom and dad didn't do this in this situation. We look at all of these things, and the reality is they weren't choosing life or death for you. They weren't choosing blessing or curse for you. You made that decision. You make that decision. With every thought that you don't take captive and say, you know what? Is this, is this going to allow me to obey Christ? And if that thought 
is not going to allow you to obey cross, you filter it out. Filter it out, right? We must choose life. We choose so many other things before him, and then we get confused when things don't go as we expected it to. That's got to be the worst thing, right? That's like showing up for a race and being like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do awesome at this race. And then they start the race and you just stand there like, wait a minute. There's other people racing too? <laughs> Seriously? I was going to win the race because it was just going to be me. But now there's more people, right? And that's often what we do. We look at someone else and we say, well, they're doing, I'm, I would never be able to do that good, right? And we discredit what God has called our own lives to be. Life or death, blessing or curse, what are you going to choose, right? That choice is to be made now, right? Not once you hit 30, not once you hit 40, not once you hit 50, right now. Now is the time that you can make that decision and choose. And we ask God where he is when we've completely left him out of the picture, right? We make decisions, and listen, I'll tell you what, um, the the thing that, that drives me crazy the most is when people are like, I felt like God told me to do that, okay? All right, so um, God's telling you to leave your husband um, and go be with this other person. Um, and uh, why? What, what happened again? Well, I just, you know, I just don't really love him anymore. Mm. I don't think that's a God thing. We, we place too much, um, too much on, into, the, into the words of God, right? We say God told me to do this. Right, I felt like God wanted me to do this. And the reason people say that a lot is because how do you argue that? <laughs> right? If someone comes up to you and say, I feel like God told me to do this, well, what are you gonna say? You're like, Well, dude, God's wrong. Like you're not gonna say that, right? <laughs> and people do that all the time. They place it on God when the reality is is that they don't even know what his word says about the situation. And see, if we get into this, we subject ourselves into this, then it changes everything. We know that Romans 12 tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? right? It, it tells us in 2 Corinthians that we are to be a new creation. When are we going to have more than just good intentions, guys? When are we going to push beyond the idea of it sounds good to follow Jesus, it sounds good to be a good person, it sounds good to give generously, and we're going to push past that and we say, no, that is who I am because I am his. I am going to walk this out. I am going to choose life. I am going to choose blessing that no matter what thought comes in, I'm going to take it captive and I'm going to obey Christ and all these things and I'm going to filter out some junk. We need to start making those decisions. And listen, it doesn't happen just when you're in here on Saturday nights, guys. It doesn't happen when you're just getting together on Tuesday nights for discipleship. It happens every minute of every second of every day. It can't be this little moment of who you are because you won't experience it. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Because I believe, I believe there's two things that we have to do. <clears throat> if we're going to live a filtered life, right, which by now, maybe you're figuring out, it's not bad to live a filtered life. <laughs> now, it's bad if you're just trying to filter it to make it look a certain way. But if we're filtering our life truly by the word of God, it's good to live a filtered life. We should be living a filtered life. Everything that we encounter, everything that we do, everywhere that we go, should be filtered by what the word of God says about it. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9 says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, 
whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. Now, I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up because I think everyone would put their hand up, but how many of us have fallen victim to being angered and swayed because of something that came in that doesn't fall in this scale? Guys, we, we, if the word of God is telling us these are the things we need to think on, why do we get so caught up and angered by little silly things, right? Little things that can just drive us absolutely nuts and it will ruin our entire day, our entire week, our entire life. This is what happens when we don't, listen, this is, this is the other part of the process, right? We filter out, we take these things and we filter them out. But there's also a filtering in process, right? This is when we filter and we say, you know what? That's good. That's pure. That's lovely. That's what I want. See, it's not just about picking things out and saying, oh, these are bad, get rid of them. It's about finding the good things. And see, our eyes need to get laser focused on the good, on the righteous. Because if we can start looking for that, listen, it's easy to find the bad. I mean, come on, guys. It takes no time at all to find the bad. Because everyone's shoving it in your face, right? They're shoving all the bad, all of the horrible things that are taking place. It's harder to filter in the good because you're hearing everything about the bad. And we need to start looking at this scale to say, okay, wait, is it true? Is it, is it honorable? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it commendable? Is there any excellence in it? Is it, is there, is it worthy of praise? And if it's not, we move on. But if it is, we filter that in. We allow that to be a part of who we are. Listen, there are things, there are opinions that people have on a hundred different things, especially when it comes to the word of God, right? Some people say you can do this. Some people say you can't do this. Some people say you can do this. Some people say you can't do this. You can go here. You can't go here. You can do whatever that is, right? Everyone's going to have different opinions on that for as long as we're here on the earth, okay? But the question becomes this, is it true? Is it honorable? Am I honoring God in this? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it commendable? Think, when we begin to think about things, listen, we, we, we are inundated with images, videos, stories, thoughts that serve no purpose but to tear people down. I'll tell you what right now, um, when you look at what is happening, and I don't, I don't usually get on this soapbox, okay, so bear with me for a minute. But when we look at what is happening in our country, okay, I am, I am sickened to see how people are talking about other people. Whether we agree with their opinions or not, but to see them, the, the name calling, the, the bashing, the, the just the hatred that's involved with that. And I understand people have opinions and people have thoughts and all of these different things. But guys, is it lovely? Is it pure? Because every single one of us we are carrying a mantle. We are carrying a mantle that is showing people this is what it looks like to follow Christ. And when you hit, I don't know, repost, I don't know what the, share, share. <laughs> think of the button. <laughs> share. Um, we need to look at these things and we need to say, does it fall on this scale? Because I'll tell you right now, <clears throat> I am way more interested 
and letting people see who Jesus is and how much Jesus loves them and how much Jesus wants the best for them than I am letting them know what my opinion is on a specific issue. I mean, we, we, listen, I get, I get bombarded with all sorts of questions about all, I, I got a random text, okay, um, this, this, uh, this week, I'm in my office, I'm on a conference call, and I just get a text, and the text says, hey, is this, is this real church? Um, just random number, never heard of, and our number's out there, so it comes to me, so I, I get, get these every now and then, so I say, yeah, it's us. And the person reached out, hey, I need to know what your stance is on this specific issue, right? And it's a good Great conversation to have while you're actually on a conference call talking about things for work. And at the same time, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, I don't want to not respond because now they're going to think I don't want to talk about it. But at the same time, I'm trying to have this conference call. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, let me draft this and let me communicate. And so we communicate back and forth and it's all good. It's all fine and all these things. Uh, but, But a lot of times people will reach out to you and they'll ask you something like that just because they want to fight with you. That's what people like to do. People like to be angered because there's a fuel behind that that, listen, we aren't intended for hate-mongering. We have allowed thoughts and things to penetrate into these vessels, into these temples. Don't you know that you are the temple of God? We are allowing things in our temple. Beth and I, we are, um, one of the things that we're doing this year is we're reading through the entire Bible. And uh, we're, we're reading through it chronologically. So from the time that it was actually written, okay? And uh, Beth and I, the last few days, has been, we've been reading about the creation of the Ark of the Covenant and the temple and all these things. And I got to be honest with you, it's hard to read, guys. <laughs> it, is, it is hard to read. And I told Beth, I said, I know this is the hard stuff to read. Wait till we get till numbers. Because <laughs> numbers is even harder. It's just like a census is like all it is, right? But we're, but we're reading through this and you read through it and you're like, man, this is hard to read. But when we read this, you know what it shows us? It shows us how holy God is, how holy God is. And if we see the detail, the level of detail, the color of the curtains, the the length of the curtains, the way that the ark had to be built, the way it had to be constructed and and the gold plating and and every little detail and the direction of the cherubims, you look at all of these things and you see that God cares so much about the temple. You are the New Testament temple. You are. Not this place. Not this house, you are the temple. And so when I read that and I think about, man, look at how, how concerned God was with the temple. I think, look at how God is concerned about you and what you've allowed into the temple. See, there were things that were not allowed to come in or out of the temple. There were a lot of rules with the temple. And we have to, we have to set the example We have to set the model because when we choose to do that, we can change everything. We can change the entire environment. Here's what the devil wants to do. He wants to cause division. He wants us to draw a line and say to people, you're wrong and you're stupid for being wrong. You don't know what you're doing. And none of these things create a foundation for love when we do that. None of those things create a foundation for love. So why do we fall? Because changed hearts and changed minds don't happen by yelling. I've never seen it happen. I've never seen one get into a shouting match and someone be like, you know what? You're right. I'm changing my mind. It, does, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. 
And the problem is, is when we are doing this from our position of being a person only, man only, we mess up bad. When we're not filled with the Spirit, when we're not led by the Spirit, this is why we see so many times the line is, hey, I am right and you are wrong. Because we're not being filled with the Spirit. Because you know what? The Spirit doesn't care about a lot of the things that we want to fight about here on earth. The Spirit cares about something much deeper. Um, James 4.7, I'm going to get ready to wrap this up. James 4.7 says this. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and what will he do? He will flee from you. Submit yourselves to God. That means submitting yourselves to the way that he wants you to be. This process of submitting is something we've discussed before, but I'm telling you, this is something that you don't submit to God once. You submit to God daily. Some of us hourly. (laughs) We have to constantly submit to God. The only way that you resist the devil is to be able to discern between him and God. And unfortunately, too many of us haven't listened enough for God's voice to be able to tell the difference. Because here's, listen, you want to hear from God? You feel like God's not speaking to you? You feel like you can't hear from him today? Read this. This is him speaking to you today. This word is alive, guys. And I know that sometimes it's tough to read. Trust me, we're reading about all the rules from the Old Testament. Sometimes it's tough. It is. But when you remain faithful in that relationship, listen, marriages all over this country are breaking and being torn to shreds because people aren't choosing to be faithful. And, you know, we are designed to go into this great marriage supper with God, right? We are his bride. But the problem is, we as the bride, we're not being committed to him. We're choosing other things above him. We're putting other things where they don't need to be. And this has got to be our filter. See, when we resist the devil... See, the devil doesn't come to you, like, there's this great imagery where the devil comes to you with a forked tongue and a pitchfork, and he's flaming in fire, and he's like, do this bad thing. And everyone looks at that, and they're like, I would never do that. I would never listen to that bad person. But that's not how he does it. He comes to you like this. Hey, that person, that person doesn't feel the same way you do. You need to stand up for your opinions. It just starts something little like that. Tell them how you feel about it, right? And then he says, I don't think they're getting it. Tell them again, a little louder this time, (laughs) right? Wow, these people must be stupid to think this way. You need to point that out, that they're stupid. And before you know it, you're fighting, and you're like, this is not godly. This is so wrong of me. If If we filter these things out, and we only filter in the things that God really wants for us, guys, we can fix this, right? These are they're, they're little thoughts, they're little seeds that are, that are intended to plant discord among all of us. Little by little, we allow him to water these thoughts, they grow, and before you know, it's a, it's a hot mess, right? It is a hot mess. But if we submit to God and we think on what is true, what is honorable, what is just, what is pure, which is lovely, commendable and anything that's worthy of praise and we think on those things and we take every thought captive to obey Christ not what everyone's opinion is but to obey Christ that's how we live a filtered life I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we close 
As we close tonight um, and open up the altar, I, I, I believe that some of us need to recommit to living our lives through the filter of this, of this word, guys. This lights your path. This shows you the direction that you need to go. It's time that we hold this back up as our standard against every other thing. Not just our opinions and not our, just our thoughts, but in everything that we do. And everywhere that we go, does it line up with the word of God? Does it honor him? Does it, does, it, does it allow me to light a path to him, to his love, to his ways? Is it allowing that? And if it's not, guys, filter it out. Filter it out. There's too much junk being thrown at us today, and we're a lot, we're, we are absorbing it. And that is not what God has intended to do. It's time for us to, to recommit our relationship with him over any other relationship, over any other thing. That's what God has called us to do. He is jealous for you. He's jealous for your time. He's jealous for your thoughts, for your ways, all these things. And I'll tell you, when you get in relationship with him like that, you'll be jealous for him. You'll be jealous to be with him. You'll look at your time and you'll be like, I just want to get back into my word. I just want to hear more about what God had to say about the tabernacle. (laughs) As crazy as that sounds, you'll find yourself saying, that's really interesting. And God will point things out to you that you never thought you would have seen, but it comes from having a fresh commitment to read his word, to be in his word. So as as they play this worship song, I just want to open up this altar for you to come pray. For you to take a time to say, God, I want to know more of who you are. God, I want to be more faithful in my relationship with you. I want to know your word. I want to know your thoughts and your ways. And I want to think on the things that are pure and holy for me. The things that you've designed for me. I want to filter out the bad stuff and filter in the good stuff that you've intended for me. Amen. All right, if you guys would play, we're going to pray.